Hello, everybody. Welcome to Discern Daily, a show on the Majesty's Men for seeking truth. My name is Pate. I'm the host of Discern Daily. Uh, this is episode 16, and I just want to thank you for checking out this episode. Um, Discern Daily has a has a page on Twitter and Facebook. We've got a YouTube channel. If you aren't connected with us, if you're not following us, I just want to encourage you to take a minute and um, go subscribe, go follow us, go like our page so that you can stay in touch with us. If you missed the last episode on episode 15, we spent an episode talking about whether or not God is still speaking today. If that is something that piques your interest, go and check it out and join the discussion over there. But on this episode, we're going to be taking a look at something that I came across today on DesiringGod.org. Now, something that I really appreciate um, that Desiring God does often is have interviews with John Piper. I'm sure you're familiar with John Piper. He's a very well-respected um, leader, pastor, elder, um, who, you know, you can go on YouTube and it's likely if you've searched anything about the Bible, you've probably been introduced to John Piper. Um, I respect John Piper a lot. Um, there are some things that I um, disagree with that he teaches, which is a topic for another episode, which I'd be happy to do, but we're not going to um, get into that right now. But on this episode, I wanted to take a look at an interview that they did, and basically someone, one of the listeners of Desiring God sent in a question for John Piper, um, basically in regards to if Roman Catholics are saved, um, or not. And um, a listener named Jimmy sent in a question to, De to Desiring God asking if devout Roman Catholics can be genuine Christians. Now, I'm going to obviously link uh, to this interview on Desiring God. Um, in fact, it's titled, Can a Devout Roman Catholic Be Genuinely Born Again? And there's some really good content that I believe that every Christian um, can find relevant here in this post. Um, I want to share kind of a few quotes with you. And John Piper, he basically goes through seven different things that are concerning to Protestants um, in regards to faith, in regards to practice. And I want to basically rifle through those seven things that John Piper shares uh, that you can find over on their website and take a look at one of them in this episode with you. So John Piper, he starts off the uh, he starts off answering the question by saying, quote, "Before I answer that specific question, let me lay out again the reasons we should be seriously concerned with Roman Catholic teaching. At numerous levels, its contradictory, stance towards scripture produces a kind of religion that I fear has led many people astray, even into destruction, end quote. Um, and again, I, I personally have the conviction that um, the Roman Catholic Church teaches some anti-biblical things that are huge stumbling blocks to people who are desiring to follow the one true God and... Um, you know, I have friends, close friends, who are Roman Catholic, and they, um, you know, we basically end up getting to a place where we agree to disagree on some very fundamental things. But I think many Christians today um, are still wondering, 
hey, is Roman Catholicism true Christianity? Um, you know, are those who are devout Roman Catholics, are they saved or are they following a false um, gospel? Are they teaching a false gospel? Is the way to heaven that they're saying, is it true? Like, am I going to get to heaven if I listen to what Rome teaches? Now, um, again, John Piper, he lists seven different things that are huge concerns um, with us Protestants, and I want to—I'm I'm, going to just list through those seven things. He says, tradition versus scripture. Number two, the Virgin Mary. Number three, baptismal regeneration. Number four, indulgences. Number five, justification. Number six, the Lord's Supper. Number seven, purgatory. Now, those are some key words, some titles there that if you are, uh, if you've started in some theology, if you've done a little bit of background, I'm sure that you kind of have a, a a general understanding, at least, of each of those seven things. And I want to encourage you to go and read sort of the preview that John Piper gives under each of those headings, but I want to um, basically park on number four in this episode and kind of explain why this is such a concern that I have for those who are Roman Catholic. So again, number four was the topic of indulgences, and that's kind of a, a big word that many Christians might not be super familiar with, I know I don't have a deep understanding of it, although I'm going to reference a link to someone who does, um, but I, I really think that we need to seriously consider what is being taught by the Roman Catholic Church in regards to indulgences. So, um, the selling of indulgences has been a controversy for a really long time. This is arguably... Um, the the main hinge upon which the Reformation, um, you know, swung. So, you know, the selling of indulgences um, has to do basically with your money and your forgiveness. So to kind of give you an overarching understanding, kind of a quick general run through to my understanding of what the, the selling of indulgences is, it has to do with basically the sacrament of penance, which was, you know, during the 16th century, the Pope basically authorized um, a new way of raising money for the church. So um, they they wanted to build bigger buildings and basically grow uh, the church's capital to do different things in regards to growth. But the Roman Catholic Church believed that Christ gave powers of the keys, um, which ultimately means that Christ delegated um, the forgiveness of sins to the apostles, one being Peter, which ultimately translates for the, tr- for the Roman Catholic Church to leadership of the church, like different popes and things like that. So these, I guess, the selling of indulgences, the power of the keys was delegating the forgiveness of sins to the leadership of the church to apply to different um, believers and and people who would have different merits via the treasury or the storehouse of merit. So basically, if you had merit, 
um, you were given credibility to the leadership of the church to basically offer you forgiveness of sins. Um, and these are gained by works or giving of money, which would be ultimately, you know, a huge mess, as you can obviously tell. Now, I want to not, you know, go into the the huge background of the teaching of the selling of indulgences, but in this episode, I basically want to publicly say that it's a huge concern because the Bible, the Bible obviously does not teach that we receive the forgiveness of sins by how much merit we have, which would be one practical way of saying, um, like, it doesn't matter how much money you have or how much money you've given to the church, the forgiveness that you obtain through faith is, has nothing to do with how much money you have or have given. Um, the Bible is very clear that we are only saved, we are only pardoned of our sin by God alone. Um, there's no man, there's no mediator between God and man except Jesus Christ, and we ought, we have re- received forgiveness of sins through faith in the person and the work of Jesus Christ, not dependent on, on how many indulgences you've been able to afford or how much merit you've been able to muster up um, in the church. So, uh, for if you want to look at a more in-depth teaching on um, what the selling of indulgences is, I want to. I'm going to post a link in on the main page of this episode, which is a lecture from Dr. R.C. Sproul teaching um, more on the background of that. I think it's like a 20-minute lecture. It's really good, and it provides a thorough explanation of what all of that means. But I say all of this to say um, the Roman Catholic Church holds onto some very, very concerning doctrines that I believe would get in the way of people reaching heaven, so to speak, even though we don't reach it from our own works or our own might or our own effort. It's simply by the will of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. So, going back to this article that was on Desiring God from John Piper, uh, the last quote that I'll share with you, he, John Piper ultimately gives an answer as to whether or not devout Roman Catholics can genuinely be born again or not. And John Piper says to that question, he says, quote, Now, having waved a flag of concern for those seven matters of Catholic belief, my answer to the question, nevertheless, is yes. I think there are genuine Christians who are devout and inconsistent Roman Catholics. Devout in the sense that they are earnest, serious, and sincere. Inconsistent in the sense that their true heart and brace of Jesus is better than their mental ideas or doctrines." End quote. Now, again, I'm really concerned about John Piper's answer. I understand, you know, what he's saying, but... You know, if you're going to take a look at the word devout, where which that's kind of the whole point, um, it's kind of a key word that stands out to me in the question, if devout Roman Catholics can be saved, the word devout implies that they are devoted and they're educated. Um, if someone is devout, they, they must be educated. Um, if they're not educated, are they really devout? Um that's kind of a reaction that I had, a, a question to his answer, 
because, you know, if we're going to look at those seven concerns that John Piper puts forth, which I agree with, if someone were to hold to all seven of those things, if they were to understand and accept and be devoted to those seven um, topics that the Roman Catholic holds to, um, are they saved if they understand and hold to those? Well, I believe that they're not, because the Bible has some very um, clear teaching on each of those seven things that, you know, basically they butt heads. And and again, I, I just really had a hard time swallowing what um, he had said in, in response to the question, um, because I believe that if they're devoted, they're going to have a good understanding. But ultimately, John Piper's answer was, um, they might be ignorant of what exactly Rome is teaching, and if they're ignorant of it, they probably won't actually accept what Rome is teaching. They may say that they're Catholic, but they're not going to actually hold to the same convictions that the Roman Catholic Church has. So that was my take, but again, I want to encourage you to check out uh, this post on Desiring God, and also, if you have time, take a look at Dr. R.C. Sproul's lecture on the doctrines of the sale of indulgences, which is held by the Roman Catholic Church, and kind of give your input here. Um, you know, again, we're not going to be able to, to ultimately have a huge consensus answer as to whether or not um, those who are Roman Catholic are saved or not. Ultimately, that's not up to us. Um, God alone is the judge who decides who is going to heaven or hell, Ultimately, none of us have that say. However, we can decide what is true and what is false. So I believe that there's some truth that we could seek in this. But you know, this show has kind of a tagline, right? Abide, bless, and contend are three key words that we must keep in mind through each of these episodes. And this ultimately relates to the contend aspect, right, of the mindset that we are to have. Um, ultimately, I believe that Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 teaches that um, we are saved only by the grace of God, and it's not by anything that we could do or accomplish. It's not by any indulgences. It's not by any of our, any, any of our own merit that we would earn um, in the church or before any other church leader. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. This is, this is a foundational conviction that I have in regards to whether or not we are going to enjoy fellowship with God in heaven for all of eternity. Um, man, and anything that would challenge Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, I would challenge it. Um, you know, I believe... Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 is a hill worth dying on, that our hope that we have and hold on to, if we're going to reach heaven, it has nothing to do with what we accomplish, period. Um, that is my personal conviction, but I would love to hear what your thoughts are on this. So again, check out the, the different posts and the links that we have, and feel free to give your input as to whether or not a devout um, committed Roman Catholic can be genuinely born again. I'd love to hear from you guys. 
feel free to uh, you know, share this episode so that we could get other people in the conversation. Let's seek the truth together, and we'll see you guys soon.